Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Screen Geeks Radio, episode 156. This is Dave. This is Barry. And Ethan uh, was not unable to join us this week. Schedules didn't quite work out. He is living at Fantasia this this next couple of weeks, so we're going to try to make it work over the next week or so to get him back on. Um, this week, we're going to kind of take stock of the year thus far. What's been good? What's been bad? And really, look, is this movie, is, has this year been as bad as it's looked like it's been? I think it has, Dave. I, I, think I really think it has. <laughs> That's You watched a lot more crap than I have. Like, your top 10 for worst movies it could be like a top 20 at this point. Well, you know, Dave, there's nothing worse than driving all the way to Denver to see something that's like, you know, Cars 2. There's nothing nothing more heartbreaking. Oh. Or like Mr. Popper's Penguins, driving to Lakewood. You know, I mean, understand, listeners, We Dave and I live in Colorado Springs, and, you know, uh, being a movie critic is the greatest job in the world. It really is. But sometimes, you know, when you, when you get up early, early, early Saturday morning, drive about 60 miles to Lakewood to see Mr. Popper's Penguins at 9 a.m. with a bunch of screaming kids and it, the experience is is just so soul deadening. That's happened so many times this year where there's been just, just stinker after stinker. This summer in particular has been bad, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get there. We'll get there. But before we get to all that fun stuff, let's go ahead and talk about what we watched this past week or so. Sir, anything you want to bring up in particular? I do. I want to talk about John Carpenter's The Ward. Um, yes. I, I like this film. I okay. really did. I'm, I'm not going to you know, say that it's it's the return to form or it's the next Halloween or even the next Escape from L.A. It's, it's better it, than Scream 4 for sure. It's better than Scream 4. I really enjoyed this film. Um, there is one scene. I won't reveal where it is in the film, but there is one scene. I saw it with my, our friend Cody um, where we did literally jump out of our seat. It scared us that badly. Um, I thought the performances were adequate, not amazing. Yes. But, you know, I got to say, in terms of cinematography and the music score, I thought it was terrific. Like, two of my favorite, uh, in terms of the way it was shot and the way it was scored, I love this film. I love the atmosphere of it. We'll get the Sucker Punch. But for me, this is this is the movie I wanted Sucker Punch to be. Yeah. Um, I, initially, I thought the ghost angle was uh, was really corny and cheesy. But you know what? The way they wrapped everything up at the end, which, by the way, I did not see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very satisfied with this film. And, 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 you know, definitely lower your expectations. Don't expect, you know, Escape from New York or The Fog. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the war. I really did. I do. I still stand by my thought that it, it relies a little bit too much on jump scares. It does. It does. But beyond that, yeah, no, it's a decent movie. And, you know, I, I, I didn't mind the jump scare so much because I thought some of it was genuinely scary. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some movies where they do the shock chord, and it's just not scary. But but this one actually did scare me a few times. Um, the Michael Caine film, Harry Brown, have you seen this yet? I have not. This is something else. Like, it's so intense and ugly and nasty and violent. And initially, like, it's so shocking to see Michael Caine in this movie. Then you remember, oh, that's right, he invented this genre, the nasty British crime thriller. And he's excellent in the film. The ending gets a little too elaborate. There's subplots about uh, police corruption and a riot that goes on, and there's like this shootout in a bar that goes on a little too long. But the film overall is pretty terrific, and Kane is excellent. This is a really, really solid film, but you got to be ready for something really, really down and dirty and nasty, which it certainly is. Um, one of my guilty pleasures of the week, if not of the year, uh, Marty was in town, my brother Marty. And <laughs> yes. I wish him luck, by the way. His, uh, his film Salivate premieres at the Profile and Film. Um, um, action, excuse me, no, 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 Action on Film. Sorry, the Action on Film. Uh, film festival in Pasadena, California this coming weekend. So good luck, Marty. Yes. Um, he was in town uh, very briefly. It was a really very brisk visit. Um, but in that time, we did see a few movies, and one of which was Cutting Class. This is a slasher film that Brad Pitt did all the way back in 1989, and it is howlingly funny. 
It is hysterically funny. I recommend everybody who loves bad cinema to check out Cutting Class. Cutting Class is a stitch. You will love it. You will be quoting it up and down like Marty and I have been quoting quoting it constantly. It's, it's just hysterical. Um, there's a French thriller um, that I highly recommend. It'll be on DVD, I imagine, pretty soon. It was in theaters for just a few minutes in the U.S. It was really big in Europe called The Double Hour. The Double Hour is one of these movies. They haven't done a very good job advertising it because if you advertise it, there's a real risk of giving away. This is a movie that's just twist upon twist upon twist. It's, uh, it's, it's French. It's thrilling. It's shocking. It's really surprising. At the end, it's more of an exercise than anything. It doesn't really leave you with a lot. It just kind of messes with you while you're watching it, but it's fun. I really enjoy The Devil Hour. Interesting. Uh, John Huston's The Man Who Would Be King. Finally got around to seeing this movie. Um, I'll say briefly, in addition to being just a magnificent adventure film, it's wonderful to watch because you do sometimes tend to forget just how great an actor Sean Connery is. Because, let's face it, in terms of being a movie star, he's got it in terms of charisma and everything. But his performance in this movie is so good, so rich. And it's so much fun to watch him uh, team with Michael Caine and giving such a great performance. These two are so good together in film. It's like it's a wonder they didn't just make a ton of Michael Caine, Sean Connery movies because they're such a good, I mean, like it's okay. up there with like Harrison Ford and Sean Connery, like such a good match together. Um, in terms of the drive, and almost done here, in terms of drive-in movies, gotta see Race with the Devil. This is a film in which Peter Fonda and Warren Oates are on a uh, camping trip in their trailer. I've heard they, about this. They stumble across a bunch of devil worshippers, and the rest of the movie is basically an extended chase where the devil worshippers are after them. Completely down and dirty, grindhouse, drive-in classic. This movie does everything right. Um, it's strangely rated PG, even though it is really, it has one of the scariest final scenes, which I won't give away, but one of the scariest final scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Um, the two performances are great. It's kind of like Easy Rider Cross with Rosemary's Baby. How's that for hyperbole? Okay, or House of the Devil. House of the Devil, there you go. It's fun. I really enjoyed this film. Um, and the last two really quick, I'll say uh, Forbidden Planet, one of the great science fiction movies. Never seen it. This is with Leslie Nielsen and Anne Lockhart. Love this film. Um, just a film rich with ideas and beautiful special effects. Love this movie. Uh, Marty actually projected this movie on our ceiling so it was this really amazing experience nice. to watch it that way yeah and then finally uh Zack Snyder Sucker Punch which will uh, I guess we, we, we wait we'll, a little we'll bit get there. we'll, we'll get, get there but I did see well, Sucker didn't Punch didn't you watch some movie that was filmed completely in Colorado Springs too oh gosh thank you for reminding me absolutely about that. jeez Dave uh yeah another one that Marty introduced me to on a VHS cassette nonetheless a film called Elves Elves Thank you, Dave. It was filmed in 1989 entirely in Colorado Springs. It stars Dan Haggerty, who is probably best known as Grizzly Items. Um, It's called Elves, plural, but it's actually about one elf. It's this one really bad puppet that is that is clearly being matriculated by guys who just kind of like shake its hand at certain times. This movie is it. It would be howlingly funny if it wasn't so ugly and tasteless. Um, It's basically about how the Nazis have created these elves to create the perfect human race. If you go on YouTube, <laughs> and I say, you know, and I wouldn't normally steer our listeners to YouTube just, just, just to see a film clip, but uh, this is a very hard one to find. I don't think it's ever been released on DVD. Um, With good reason, I'm, I'm guessing? Very good reason. Okay. But uh, there is a clip where you do get a scientist explaining about how the, the Third Reich did invent these elves in order to create the perfect human specimen, how they have to mate with the virgin in order for, I mean, like, like I'm not making any of this up. <laughs> and what, what's, what's great about the scene is that it's an exposition scene and the scientist is telling it to the hero of the movie while his two little girls are listening to him it's it's during christmas dinner the guy barges in and wants an explanation so like the camera keeps going back to the little girls like intentively listening to their dad explaining about the nazi elves um again like it's not like cutting class which is just hysterical the whole way through this is one of these movies where it's just it's offensively bad but uh, you know what how many movies can we say were filmed entirely in Colorado Springs? And I did recognize a few places, but um, yeah, not- we've got, we, we've got, so now we've got Elves and Strange Land. 
It's pretty sad. I mean, and I can't our, imagine why people don't want to film more movies down here. Our tour, like whenever we give like the Colorado Springs movie tour, it's going to be like the saddest thing. Like here's we've here's that scene from Elves, and here's that scene where D. Snyder did that scene from. You know, let's just let's just. Let's just go to Cosmonita, folks. Yes, there you just, go. Let's make a U-turn here. <laughs> anyway, what'd you say? Like please, please. Um, I've been, we started up watching uh, Justified season two, which is absolutely outstanding. As much as I love the first season, the second season is really kicking into gear in a big way. Uh, Walter, my, one of my favorite parts. You know, Timothy Oliphant is great in the movie, in the TV show, and it gives me a whole new respect for him. But Walter Goggins as um, Boyd Crowder is one of the greatest conflicted former villains who might or might not be crooked still that I've seen on TV in a long time. I can't wait to see him. He's actually been cast as a lawyer, I think, in uh, Spielberg's Lincoln biopic. Oh, wow. And he's he's a phenomenal actor as far as I'm concerned. Anytime he's on the screen, I am I am glued to what's going on. I absolutely love, love the man's work. Uh, we're catching up on... We're, we're keeping up, I should say, with Burn Notice this season. It's a fun show. That's a good show. I like Bruno. It is. It is. Uh, we'll be talking about that, I think, for next week's DVDs. That's right. There's one thing I forgot to tell you that's coming out, so that's okay. okay. We'll get there. Um, as far as movies go, uh, I think I guess I'll go to most well-known to least well-known. And when I say that the most well-known movie I watched this week was The Messenger... It's been a week of obscure film. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. No, wait, is this the the, Luke the Woody Bissell Harrelson film? Okay, the Woody Harrelson film. Good, yes. good, good, good choice. Yes, yeah. Oh god, not the Joan of Arc movie with no. Mila Jovovich oh, and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> okay, such a bad sorry. Movie. No, uh, the Messenger. I, I really loved the film. There was just one thing I couldn't get out of my mind, and that's I think we just finally got the backstory for Tallahassee in uh, Zombieland. Oh. Because Woody Harrelson, his voice and his delivery is so similar to Zombieland. It, it, it was, it wasn't, you know, it, it was a little detracting. Not that it was a bad performance, just I just kept remembering you know, every time he'd talk. It's like he had a, a pouch of chaw on his lip. He was chewing on, and I didn't have this problem, but I've heard. But you're not the first person to say this. It's true. But no, I, I did not have this problem. For me, I mean, the films are just so diametrically opposed in every way, shape, and form. But I, but I understand. I've heard people say that. Um, same thing. Like I've heard people say they they had a problem with. Some subsequent Bale Christian Bale performances after Batman, they're like they hear yeah. the growl. Like, Batman, yeah, um, it's kind of a Lou Rawls Batman. Right it was, there. it kind of was. There nice. you go, there you go. I really enjoyed the message. Well, you know what? I don't know that I can say I enjoyed the Messenger because it's not a movie that you really go in feeling good about afterwards. It's a tough one, yeah. But it's incredibly powerful, and it really gives you a whole new respect for an unsung part of our military. Sure, um, that's a tough job, and it just wow. It, it, it blew me away completely. I like these films that kind of show, you know, a different, not only a different side of it, but just show different, I don't want to just use the word jobs, but just positions that, that we mm-hmm. have that, that that never get made into movies, you know, and this is one of those. I mean, it really does show like a very, a very tough, very hard, very seldom seen side of the military. It is. It is. Um, yeah, it was just phenomenal. That's one, that, that's one that's going to stick with me for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know that, I'm not, know that I need to own it, but it was really good. Uh, next up, I watched Frozen. Oh yeah, the the the, the ski lift movie. yeah the yeah. ski lift movie. This movie reminds me in some ways of Cube in that I think there are about four sets total in the entire film, hmm. but it tells a complete story and it's a compelling story and it's very well done. It's creepy. It's messed up. Uh, the moral of the story is buy your lift ticket, people. <laughs> All I'm gonna say, you get to <laughs> the, the cautionary end, tale. You, yeah, you're gonna hit a point. You're, you're gonna think about halfway through. You're like, you know what? If they would just bought their lift ticket, they'd be so good to go right now. <laughs> Um, but it, it's it's very well acted. I think Sean Ashmore's in it from X Men. Yeah, um, and he's he's great in it. It's essentially you know the, the the very interesting thing is that there is a history between all three characters. 
you only can kind of pick up two of them. You know, a, a, you know, a, a history between two of them, but between all three, which makes them getting stranded very interesting. Um, it gets bloody in some spots. It gets, it, it's not a happy movie, but it's it's a very effective little independent film. Cool. Yes. And then finally, um, I don't know if everyone anyone's ever heard of the film called, this film called Weather Girl. Weather Girl. It's by Blaine Weaver, who Barry, you know, as the gentleman who had his movie get screwed over in official rejection. Oh, how funny! Yes. It's one of his latest films. Thought that name sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and this is a film that he wrote and directed, and it's about a weather girl who has been getting together with the, one of the main anchors and finally loses it one day and has a tirade on the morning show and loses her and quits her job, tries to go find another job, has to move in with her brother. It's an indie film romantic comedy, hmm. but it's very charming and it's a lot of fun. Who's uh, the, Who's in the cast? Ah. Uh, Anybody Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon's the biggest name. Mark, how funny! I just watched Summer School last night. Mark nice. Harmon. Very he, cool. he plays the male anchor. Okay. And um, Eric Colantani. Shoot, the guy. I, I I always butcher his last name. He was on Just Shoot Me and Veronica Mars. He plays the dad. Okay. Um, Enrico. Shoot. You know what? I'm gonna pause and find it because I love okay. the man's work. Hang on. <laughs> I love having IMDb, IMDb on my nook. Uh, <laughs> Enrico Colantoni. Uh, the the man. He's been in it for like five minutes, but he's it's so much fun seeing him in there because. He's essentially the producer of the morning show who's watching everything go haywire. He's like, don't you dare cut to commercial. This is like the most awesome TV ever. <laughs> and it is a very fun film. It's on, it's on Watch Instantly, and it's well worth checking out. Okay, cool. So, and that's pretty much about it. So let's go ahead and move on to what came out in theaters this past weekend. A little film you may have heard of that apparently has had, uh, I believe, as of, as of this recording, the biggest opening of all time. That's Harry Potter and The Deathly Hallows Part 2. Also released, Dave saw both of these, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yes. In limited release, you have the new film by Wayne Wang, uh, Snowflower and the Secret Fan. By the way, Hugh Jackman's in this film. People yeah. don't talk about it, but Hugh Jackman is in this movie. All right. Um, Lucky, the serial killer comedy starring Colin Hanks. Try saying that fast five times. Salvation Boulevard, um, the much-bashed uh, religious satire starring Pierce Brosnan, uh, Greg Kinnear, Ed Harris, and Jennifer Connelly. Great cast. Apparently, it's not very good, hmm. um, but but I could be wrong. And then Errol Morris, his new documentary, tabloid shocking film about uh well uh, let's see the jumping off point is it's this woman who um the story goes and i'm a little too young i don't remember this when this happened but apparently this woman reportedly kidnapped a mormon and sexually tortured him for a while and reportedly the story was completely made up in the tabloids apparently this is one of the best films of the year huh okay we'll see and Ethan and I talked about Winnie the Pooh because Ethan saw it last week too. Oh, good! And did, yeah, did he I, like it? Yeah, he did. He did. You know, it, it is a short movie, but you know what? It's so good. The more it, the more I think about it, the more I liked this movie. Especially, you know, Zoe Deschanel does the uh, the soundtrack. Really? Yeah, she sings the song. You know, the the intro song, and uh. she she wrote a song or two for the film, and it's it's. I, I just like this movie all over. Length is not, you know, like I mean, we 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 talk up and down about about Rombach. Yeah, you know that movie is as long as it needs to be. I mean, don't you think like exactly. Winnie the Pooh is just as long as it needs to be? It could is. Could be a little longer. It is. Well, no. Here's the thing. I don't. Th- I think the film would have started losing steam heavily if it would have been longer. But still, it's an hour long. Mm-hmm. It's like you know. It's I, I. see. Now, granted, I have talked to parents who've seen it and loved it and didn't have a single qualm about it. So you know, I, I think. You know, if you like your Winnie the Pooh, go see it. Dang it, it's well worth it. But you made a good point on a wild one of five spot. Is that if you're going to pay a full price for this, I mean that's that's a lot to pay for seventy five minutes. It really is. No, no, it's an hour. Well, I mean with 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 trailers. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and, yes, and yeah. the short film and true, yeah, true, true, true. So yeah, I'm yeah. generously padding the time with, with all the other fair enough. In there. You're, you're you're being and very first kind. look and, <laughs> and all oh, that other the junk. First look, I hate that so much. Yeah, we both do. 
Yes, indeed, indeed. And then Harry Potter. You didn't see this, right? I did not, no. Um, it was good. You know, I, I didn't need to see it in 3D, so I didn't. And I didn't, there was like one scene, I think it maybe five minutes of the movie, I would have been like, this could have been cool in 3D, but I didn't miss anything, really. Hmm. Uh, the film, it, I, now having not read the books, I'm not going to speak at all to how close it sticks to them or anything. Steph said that they stuck pretty close for for the most part. But it really brings a very nice bit of closure to the series. Uh, gives you a bit more insight into Snape. Uh, I'm not gonna. If you haven't watched many of the movies, I'm not gonna ruin anything. But showing who's true, his true background, where his origins were from, whether he was a good guy or a bad guy, it's just yeah. It it, it it was it had a lot of compelling stuff in it. So Alan really Rickman has something to do in this man. Absolutely, he's good. he's great in the film. Good. Um, you know the the kids are great. You know it's it's the final battle. So it's there's lots of fighting and people getting killed and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but not one of the best films of the year, best film of the summer. I mean, I've been hearing no. like that kind of, no, that kind of praise. No, not sad. But you were satisfied. I was very satisfied. Okay. I think it's a very solid movie. I mean, I'm not gonna. If someone said it's their favorite movie of the summer, I'm not gonna bash them at all. I really enjoyed it. I just don't know that I'd go quite that far. Okay, especially with how mediocre summer it's been. So yeah. Yes. So what else is coming out on DVD this Tuesday, sir? And this, let's see. This week we got Limitless with Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro and Abby Cornish. It's one of the sleeper hits of the year. Have you seen this one? Which one? Limitless. Is this no, one about the guy no. who becomes super genius and no. Yeah, I've heard it's quite good. Though again, kind of like what you're saying, it's one of these movies that it's good, but it, you know, you know, don't yeah. be crazy about it. Um, let's see on Blu-ray, you've got Amelie from the director of Alien Resurrection. <laughs> uh, let's see the 20th anniversary of Boys in the Hood, John Singleton's 1991 masterpiece. Chocolat, one of the least essential Johnny Depp movies. I'm sorry. Bridget Jones's Diary, celebrating 10 years. Good film still. And Sleepy Hollow and Sweeney Todd. If you're a diehard uh, Tim Burton fan, Sweeney Todd, go for it. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, not so much. Take I me- love Sleepy Hollow. You like Sleepy Hollow? I like Sleepy Hollow. I didn't care for that one. But I honestly, I do need to see it again. It really wasn't what I expected. But I remember being kind of indifferent about it in 99. Fair enough. Let's see. Take Me Home Tonight with Topher Grace and Anna Faris. One of those instantly forgettable March movies. Yeah. Let's see. On Criterion, you've got Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast, one of the greatest fantasy films of all time. Love that film. As well as Satyajit Ray's the Music Room, which I have not seen. Okay. I struggled through that. Don't even know what it is. Uh, let's see. Con Artist, documentary that Dave and I saw at the Denver Film Festival probably about two years ago now yeah. on Marcus Stabi, the uh, the post, post-modernist artist. It's a fascinating watch. It's, it's really worth watching. Cause it is. It definitely didn't make me like the guy at all, but I got to say, I'm glad I saw the film. Absolutely. <laughs> let's see. Oh, another blast from Dave and I's past. The Littles, the complete collection. Wow. Um, All like fifteen yeah. episodes that they did. <laughs> Animated series about these little people who live on who live in your walls. They look kind of like rats. Um, boy, that yeah. doesn't make it sound appealing. No, at all, it doesn't. Does it? it doesn't. Let's see. Uh, Potiche. This is the French film with Catherine Deneuve and Gerard Depardieu. You know, if you love them in the Last Metro, or you just you know, these are two of the greatest French actors alive. You need to see this. Finally, my pick for the week. Um, not even the crap title of the week. This is like the curiosity item of the week. Skidoo. Skidoo is the long, long, long out of print film. I don't think it's ever been released on VHS. This is a fine film lovers. This is the film in which Jackie Gleason takes acid. Literally, his character takes acid. He sees all sorts of stuff, everything from Groucho Marx to Carol Channing. Um, this is a nuts, nutty, nut, crazy, B, Z, D movie classic that everybody's been wanting to see for so long. Um, this, is, this is one of those gold miners that, you know, you got to see it. You got to see it. So. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I wish you hadn't mentioned John Singleton because he made me remember that 
stupid looking Taylor Lautner oh, yeah. movie. <laughs> Is that sad? That's his first movie since <sighs> I think since Four Brothers. Yeah. Oh, that looks so bad. It does, and this is—he's I mean, an articulated GI Joe figure. That's really because he can't emote to save his life. I, I'll admit it does look lively. Some of the action looks cool, but it's—it's it's Taylor Lautner. You know, I, I exactly. can't—I can't take it seriously. This is the guy who gave us Higher Learning and Poetic Justice, and even Rosewood. And I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I making don't know. these cheeseball movies. I don't know either. Okay, so uh, oh, that stupid, stupid trailer. Okay, so did you see Sigourney Weaver's in that movie too? Yeah, isn't that just so sad? Yeah, she's one of our great actresses. And she's she's got more acting talent in her pinky than he does in all in both of his or, or his single in her toenail, in her ingrown toenail. There you go. Wow, there you go. There it is. All right, let's talk about some news. What have you got, sir? Nothing but trailers. Um, I my heart sunk when I saw the trailer for Martin Scorsese's Hugo. This is his adaptation of the invention of Hugo, Hugo Cabret, one of the one of the great children's books. The book is haunting and it has a somber tone and it's magical and the movie hmm. doesn't, doesn't look, look somber anything at all. like that. I've no. read the book. I'm like this looks kind. Of, this looks like it could be interesting, but if it's supposed to be somber and it's not, oops. I recommend. And, and it's not to say that it's a downer. I mean, it's just this beautiful, beautiful book, and and the film just looks like it completely missed. It. I mean, to me, it looks like City of Ember. In but the it's sense got that Sasha Baron Cohen in it. It's got a great cast. It really does. And you know, it's it's Scorsese, so of course we're all going to give it a shot. But it just it looks like the least essential Scorsese movie. You might give it a shot. Come on, it took me like <laughs> ten months after Shutter Island came out before I finally gave it a chance. So. I, I, it's it's one of these movies I don't even I don't even want to see anymore. I was so excited when they when I when they announced it. Okay. But it looks like another movie where like n- lousy child act performances. It's Chloe Moritz though. I don't like her. I know. I don't. Like I know. Her. That's why I said it. I don't like her. But uh, it just it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. It it looks like any other children's film. You know. Okay. Fair but, enough. And this is deep, amazing it's, material. But it's three D. I, I, I oh god. And and I know this is the first film that Scorsese did primarily on a green screen. You know, he did it like you know the way Lucas did the the Star Wars prequels. It's almost actors on green green screens the whole time. Okay, but that doesn't give you much hope after all. Yeah, no, it okay. shouldn't. And I I, I highly recommend everybody Sorry. check out. It's okay. Check out the book by Brian Selznick. It's brilliant. It really yeah. is an amazing book. Okay, fair enough. All right, what else? What, what other ones do you want to talk about? Oh, let's talk about the thing. The thing. I recently watched John Carpenter's The Thing, and the whole time I'm watching it, I thought. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she's lovely, she can act, she's a poor substitute for Kurt Russell. I'm, I'm, my curiosity is piqued, though. I'm curious, too, because there is a correlation for a prequel. I mean, certainly, you know, the, Absolutely. Whole, the whole thing with the Norwegian team. Yeah, the only bummer is you know exactly what's going to happen by yeah. the end. So, yeah, exactly. The ending is never in doubt. But I'm very curious to see how they're going to get there. Even if I know what the end's going to be, I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to get there. It's tough to do a prequel to something. But the nice thing is that that John Carpenter's The Thing really doesn't give you much of a real idea of what happened with the Norwegians. So it gives a lot of room for for interpretation and creativity. And I'm curious. I want to see it. I'm looking. Apparently, there are a lot of practical effects. Yeah, using the which set. is that's the primary thing. That and I do like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I know? do too. I do too. I I hope it works. It just it it looks exactly like the original. Yeah. Down to the dogs try to gnawing at that. Like I've seen this. True. Hope True. it's good. Yeah, it's I'm good. hopeful. We'll see. On the other hand, the John Carter trailer. 
I wasn't even a little impressed by this, were you? Did it remind you a lot of Prince of Persia? It looked exactly, thank you. Like, <laughs> exactly, Dave. Exactly. And they're not even calling it John Carter of Mars. They're just calling it John Carter. Yes, because that's going to be less confusing. I don't know. I mean, that'd be like calling the Total Recall remake Douglas Quaid. Like, no, it's it's John Carter of Mars. What that's I love the is that the trailer is just JC. I'm like, yeah, because everyone's going to figure out. JC. Everyone's just going to figure out, yeah, that's that's John Carter. No, really. Way really. to get the Bible Belt to come yeah, see exactly. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's Disney reaching out. I... <laughs> It doesn't look awful, but it, it doesn't. Cena been there, done that, you know. And this is this is like one of the this is Edgar Burroughs. This is one of the great stories, you know. I, I've I've I have John Carter of Mars comic books that are really rich and exciting. This just doesn't look like anything special. Fair enough, but again, yeah. it's just a trailer. What do we know? Yeah. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's Contagion. Now here's a trailer. This looks this looks promising. Yeah. It really does. I, I really don't want to spoil much because I'm I'm worried because you know it's being released in September. So it's like, it's a question of, is this counter-programming or is this a September movie? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's Soderbergh. It's got an amazing cast. It looks like, you know, the like it could be a follow-up to Outbreak for Pete's sake. So I'm hoping it's good. Yeah, there, there's, okay. Yeah, there's hope. And then finally, uh, Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes, uh, Game of Shadows. What do you think? It looks fun. Um, had I not seen the BBC version of Sherlock, which is on watch instantly, if you haven't watched it, you need to. You will be hooked forever. Um, I would be more excited. The first film felt so much to me like it was trying to set up a franchise. So I'm hoping that this thing really picks up steam because even though the first Sherlock Holmes was very well acted and a lot of fun, I thought the plot was really, I, I was not happy with the story of the original film. It was kind of, it, it, it just yeah. felt kind of like a, one of those it shaggy dog stories. Yeah, it was ex- a Scooby-Doo Exactly, plot, exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't think the supernatural element really works. And it looks kind of like they're going back to it for this one. I hate to say it. Yeah, yeah. Although cast is promising, I think Jared Harris is a good uh, good yeah. cast for Moriarty. So yeah, and and Naomi Rapace. Naomi Rapace, yes. Woohoo! I got it right. Yay! Yeah, that it, you know the cast is promising. It looks like it's going to be fun. I'm not going to look at it as like hardcore Holmes. You know, I, that's what I've got the Benedict Cumberbatch version for. So yeah. have you guys already talked about the girl with the dragon tattoo trailer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fine trailer. Heck of a trailer, man. Yeah, it's it's. I like that it's openly about the feel good, the feel bad movie of Christmas. Oh yeah, totally. That's totally. A great it looks like line. they're gonna they're gonna go there. Is what it looks like. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. I mean, you know, they've been talking all along about how they want to make an adult film for audiences this Christmas, and it looks like they've pulled it off. It looks. I, like I just have. wonder if anybody's gonna go. Yeah, yeah, I. I hope so. I don't know. Well, you know, it's the you know, it comes down. It's venture, but it does come down to a pretty basic question. I hate to even put it this way, but like, do you want to see a movie that deals with you know rape and abuse, or do you want to see The Chipmunks Three? Oh, and we know what our answer to this. Yeah, we're talking about Joe movie going public who has the family from out of town. I'm going to make the equivalency that watching The Chipmunks Three would feel like a certain scene in the Dragon Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And anyone who's seen the movie, knows you know what I'm exactly about. what Dave's talking about. Yep. Okay, that's all the trailers we've got, right? That's it. All right. Um, sounds like Spike Lee has been announced to direct the Old Boy remake. I'm still not entirely certain how I feel about it. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of Josh Brolin taking that character on because there's no way Denzel was going to do that. There's no way he if he did it. There's no way that movie was going to end the same way. I just don't see it happening. It's like I want. I do want to give Denzel credit because he's a he is a terrific actor. He's done some cheesy movies, you know, like any oh, yeah. actor who's been around a long time. You know, sometimes you pick the, the the good stuff and then then you do something like Unstoppable, which is pure velvety cheese. But it's not that he couldn't have done it. It's not that Spike Lee couldn't or shouldn't do this. It is a strange choice. Um, this is the first thing that Lee has done since the Miracle at St. Anna. So it, 
You know, I, yeah. I, I can't count the guy out. I love Spike Lee. He's only done one yeah. movie, and it was Miracle at St. Anna that I really didn't like. I love his films. I always have. I, he's one mm-hmm. of my favorite American filmmakers, so I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for the film. Um, but no, I think I'm like you, Dave. It's just like, you know, they, they did this once. Not only do they do it right, but they did it so well. It's, it's like this is one of those movies like you really don't feel like they need to. to but if you're gonna do, least. but if you're gonna have someone who's gonna play that Odaisu type character, I really think Brolin's the man for the job. He's he's proven it. He's willing to take the risks, and it's not to say that Denzel Washington is not a fine actor because he is, and it's not to say that he hasn't played some pretty despicable people. I mean, even an American gangster, he's a pretty messed up guy. Right. But this movie goes places that are gonna be hard for an American audience to 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 accept. I think definitely, definitely. No, I'm I'm you know, but you're right. The casting is so good. It is like Jeff Bridges playing Rooster Cogburn. It's just yeah. It's like that. That's a good idea. That's that's yeah, a good direction. It could work. It could work. I hope we'll see. Um, we have a the, the the Evil Dead remake has been announced. We've got a, a joint statement from Rod Tapert, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell saying, "Hey, we're doing it," and it's this guy who's never made anything except for this one short film. And I'm a little worried. That's just because they said, well, they watched this short, short film and they said, we have to have him to watch this movie. And the Ain't It Cool story actually gives you a link to the, to the clip. And it's a fine tech demo. It's a great special effects reel. I don't see how it translates to Evil Dead, but I don't know. So this isn't like the Joseph Kaczynski stuff for Tron 2 that came out of Comic-Con. No. This isn't like, you're not looking at it going, oh, this, clearly this guy should do it. Yeah, no, no. I, I, it looks like a cool tech demo. I mean, it's amazing what you can do with, with a small budget with CG these days. And, it, and it's pretty stinking good, but there's a big leap between that and Evil Dead. That's all I'm going to say. Do you think they looked at it and said it's because it was shot in a low budget and look what he's able to do with that? Do you think That's possible. That's possible. Because it doesn't have any, like, a. it's not the sense of humor or any of the sensibilities involved no. that say Evil Dead. No. It, it looks like a low budget cross between The Mist and District 9. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. It's Instead of the aliens, it's it's robotic stuff. They're not going to take it in that direction. I mean, not in terms no. of robots, but I mean, like, the Evil Dead remake, it's, it is going to be a, a black comedy, right? They're not going to make I this hope a, so. a all-out horror film, are they? I sure hope so. Yeah, well, we'll we will just have to see. All right, now I've got two stories left. Uh, the first one, oh, this is kind of bad news. Netflix, a lot of people aren't happy about this. In November, we had a price hike to help, you know, offset costs of increased prices of streaming and such. And come to find out that uh, this past week that, hey, we're getting another one in, in September. And not only are they raising the prices, they're... Here's the biggest issue. I, they're raising the prices, they're splitting the, the streaming and the DVD off, and they're not giving you a break for doing both. Like, even if it was a buck or two a month, you know, hey, you know, yeah, and hey, look, you've been around for seven years. Let's see if we can cut you a little break, you yeah. know. And the biggest issue isn't that they're saying... You know, hey, the studios are screwing us, and we're going to pay a lot of money on this on on the streaming stuff in the future. So we need to raise the prices. And there's even a reasonable way to say that. There's you know unforeseen uh, rise in operating costs or something like that, or media content acquisition costs or something like that. It's hey, we're making this the best deal ever. You get to pay an extra four dollars a month. Aren't you excited about it? And I just don't get that. It, it uh, what, did, what was your reaction when you found out about this? Very mixed because I, I think, you know, in terms of this sort of um, offering, I think Netflix is still top, absolute tops. And I, I've really grown attached to what Netflix can provide. So 
on the one hand, I, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to pay it because I do think it is so quality and so good for what it is. I mean, I still mm-hmm. think we're, we're light years away from how good the streaming quality can really be. I don't know if we'll ever get to that point because the, the, the ISPs aren't going to allow that much streaming to happen. Yeah, they were, oh, we're never no. going to get to like HBO quality? Never? We're going to end up hitting some... We're, I think we're on our way to getting caps on how much you can download in a month. Man. Because people are... Because Netflix at one point is accounts like 80% of the streaming online. Okay. So it's... It's a lot. I mean... The biggest issue is that if you had the one DVD out at a time and the streaming, you were paying ten bucks a month. Now you get to pay sixteen bucks a month, so it's a sixty percent increase. Yeah, no, it is like, a lot, and I, I hope, like you're saying, like I hope they can find a way, either down the line or after the controversy's kind of subsided, to to kind of give a big fat thank you to people who are going to stick around. Yeah, there have been people who've already who have already quit left and right. Oh yeah, and people are dropping like crazy, uh, which isn't going to help Netflix in the long, long run either. Here's the thing, though. I'm not thrilled about it, but at the same time, I wasn't saying, you know, screw you, Netflix, I'm out of here. But I have done something I haven't done in a long time, I don't think ever, is I'm going to look at the other services and see if anything is comparable or to, to replace my Netflix use. So I went through, and I'm getting, the, I'm just about done. This article's taking longer than I wanted it to. But um, I looked at Hulu Plus, I looked at Redbox, I looked at uh, Amazon On Demand, and I really didn't look at Blockbuster Video because I think they're on their way out. So, But still, looking at all those, at some point in time, I think Netflix is still the best deal that's out there because of what they what they still offer is still pretty reasonable price-wise. I mean, it's yeah. cheaper than having cable. It just it feels reliable in terms of like just getting the stuff to you. I mean, if you like for me as a teacher, you know, there's sometimes where I need films and they'll they'll get it to me like in really good time. And yeah. we were just talking about like how they've got Uncle Boon May. I mean, I can't get Uncle Boon May from Redbox. I mean, no. that, that's a specialty item. Either I pay twenty nine ninety five for that from Borders or something, or I can get it from Netflix. I mean, they just the quality with the offer just seems to be really really good. And I am willing to pay a little bit more, even though it's you know it's certainly an inconvenience. It is. I, I, the thing that was most frustrating to me was that I we had the three out at a time plan where we had three DVDs out at a time. Yeah. We were paying like 20 bucks a month. I'm like, you know what? I, I, we need to cut back some. So I'm going to cut back to two DVDs a month. So it was like 16 bucks a month. That's four bucks a month. That's that's a decent savings. Come to find out, oh, no, I get to still pay 20 bucks a month. And it's like, it's kind of frustrating. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's complete. In some ways, I, they should have handled it better. Their PR people need to be shot. Uh, between this and the new uh, website setup of Netflix, which I still think looks like crap, and it's a pain in the butt to get through, I, I really th- and they've said, "Oh no, we've done research. Everyone loves this." I'm like, "Then how do you expect that for every one person who says they like it? A thousand people are saying that it sucks on your blog." So they need to look at their PR people and give them at least a good stern talking to. Uh, unless you know, <laughs> I'd probably go with new people, but that's just me. The customer service has been pretty lousy. Um, I had an experience with Julia a couple of weeks back where we were just weren't the Netflix just wasn't working, frankly. And Julia called the Netflix people, and apparently, I mean, it was just just a disaster. She called the Roku people, wonderful, fantastic, yeah. like, great, it's like like top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a killer. I don't know, man. It's it's they're the top dog, but if they don't work hard to stay there, that someone could drop off. I mean, you know, someone could come in. Hulu's probably the closest because they have the Criterion Collection on there. Yeah. But outside of that, their movie selection sucks. Yes. And the commercials are a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Which if you had, I mean, although I think in the long run, I think as far as content acquisition, I think Hulu is set up the best because those ads are going to help offset the costs if they get subscriber base to justify the higher, you know, 
advertising rates. But but at the same time, who wants to watch these great movies with with commercials? Well, no, no. With the, with what that ha- I've done a little research into that too. Like yeah. with the Criterion films, if you watch a movie, you get a commercial at the beginning of the movie, and that's it. That's great. So I've been, been wanting to put up with that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's livable. If there's more to go with beyond that, but. I don't know. Uh, and then finally, just a quick reminder, Barnes & Noble is running a, 20, a 50% off all Criterion uh, movies through the end of July, I found out. I went in wow. and, and asked them about it because I picked up Haosu because <laughs> it's my Break Everyone's Brain movie for Starfest next year. Uh, <laughs> Man, that, you're or, out for blood next year, Dave. Either that or I might actually try to get it programmed for Horror, horror Fest. We'll see. That could be, it's I think that'd idea. be right up their alley. It is. It's just it that is. weird enough. Um, but yeah, uh, it's DVD and Blu-ray. You can if you here's the beautiful thing: if there's a movie you want, you can go on Barnes and Noble's website, find the movie, and do the little store locator thing. And if they have it, you can reserve it and they'll hold it for three days for you. That's terrific. So even if you can't get over there that day, if you can get over there the next day or two, you're still good. And they the fifty percent off holds. David, let me ask this really quick because we've yes. been talking a lot about Netflix. I mean, how do you feel about Barnes and Noble kind of monopolizing the book? The book industry, like in terms of like, I mean, because stuff could be really expensive. Away. Yeah, Borders is going away. Walden Books is history. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about it? Like, because, I mean, Man. Barnes & Noble, they, let's be honest, they're great, but they do tend to jack the prices up a bit because they are the top They dog. go MSRP just like Borders does, though. I mean, it's it's exact, pretty much the same model. It's just somehow they've decided, they found a way to stay afloat longer. Um, for those of you don't, who don't know, Borders is probably being purchased by liquidators this week. Wow. Um, there was there was a an offer out there for the owners of Columbia House. Yeah, that's who I want opening owning and running my business. Um, we're gonna put in a bid, and their creditors came forward and said, "Look, this offer from these credit these liquidators is a better deal. There's more money to be made from there." So there's talk that Borders may be going away like within the next month. Man, um, which leaves us with Barnes and Noble. Um, you know, bookstores have always charged MSRP on stuff. Sure, that's the kicker. Uh, they do, but border and Borders does have a membership that you have to pay for. It's like twenty, twenty-five bucks a year. But here's the kicker: you can you get ten percent off pretty much everything in the store, which means when you go pick up these Criterion's, you get an extra two bucks off a of Criterion. So you end up paying eighteen bucks a Criterion, whether it's Blu-ray or DVD for the most part. And your books are cheaper. They have coupons that are actually pretty decent. You know, it's not it's not you know really in competition with Amazon so much. I'm more concerned that the brick and mortar bookstore is just going away in general. Sure. Um, I hope Barnes and Noble sticks around. They made the, the my Nook color that I've hacked in is now a full Android tablet. I mean, you know, I love those guys, <laughs> but I'm not for paying forty dollars for a movie that you can buy it for twenty five anywhere else. Yeah. You know, so they do. There's an upside and a downside. I don't know. It's they do have a monopoly over except for like the mom and pop shops. Like we've got hooked on books down here and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I hate going there. I'd rather go to Barnes and Noble. So. I don't know. It's interesting. You don't like the mom and pop shops? Because that's what I'm addicted to. Like I like some stores. mom and pop, sh- pop shops. There's a place here called The Book Rack yeah. that I love going into. Um, the thing that I hate and despise about the, this this other place, the, the Hooked on Books place, is when you trade something in, it can be a book that's in super high demand. So they're willing to give you store credit that you can still only use on certain things. And that's just what it's annoyed the piss out of me for the past like 10 years. We don't trade stuff in there anymore. Because if you trade something in, you can only use it on certain kinds of books, which is usually crap. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. You know, if you're going to have trade in, do trade in. I don't sure. Care. Yeah. I don't know. We totally got off topic. That's okay. <laughs> for all those listening who are also angry about hooked on books, this is for you. Exactly. There it is. Totally. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, they, I don't know. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. We're going to talk about oh, the post mortem six months into the, the this first year. six months of 2011. 
Sue Ellen Greenblatt is a real person, not an internet celebrity. So we've enlisted Billy Flynn and the vicar to help her tell her story. Geek Radio Daily gives me geeky news about movies, new DVD releases, even comics and gaming. Geek Radio Daily makes me feel special. Ah, yeah. Womanly. Yeah. Uh... Okay, so the episodes are just 15 minutes, perfect for my commute, or for just geeking out while I'm at the office. Mm. All in one concise love package. Ooh, the package, baby. Uh-huh. And the best part is that it's a daily cast, so I'm always in the loop. Sometimes I listen to it out of the bath, put on little outfits. Ah! It makes me want to invite all my friends over to show how refreshed I feel. Mm, a slumber party, baby. What? That's not what I said. Get out the chocolate mousse. Duct tape. Oh, get out of here, you freaks. Geek Radio Daily. One 15-minute podcast provides 15% of the USDA-recommended daily allowance of geeky goodness. Subscribe through iTunes or visit geekradiodaily.com. And we're back to talk about the first six months of 2011, the good, the bad, and the roommate. Wow, there it is. Well, wow. and I've calmed down enough now that, that I'm ready to have a reasonable <laughs> and rational discussion. So this, this year has been getting a, it has received a, a, a bit of a, everyone says this year sucks for movies. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Because I mean, for me, it, when it comes to films, I mean, it's just, it's been the tree of life and everything else. And well, in terms and it's been of this, a bad summer, especially. The summer, yes. This has been one of the worst summers. I think, I think the last time we had a summer this bad, it was 2004. I mean, any time you have the Chronicles of Riddick, the Stepford Wives, and Garfield opening on the same day. Um, Ooh. Yeah, that was the summer of 2004. And, you know, I've... I've never thought Spider-Man Two was was the ultimate masterpiece. Although good film, but like not as good as everybody said it was. That was the summer. Let's see. That was one of the Harry Potter movies that I didn't particularly care about. I did, and that was the summer of of Morgan Spurlock with uh, with Super Size Me. I thought that was just one of the most underwhelming, most forgettable, useless summers. And for me, this summer has been much worse. In fact, I think other than the Tree of Life and just a few titles, I think this is really one of the most just useless, useless summer movies. I have we, we we I found a way I eked out a top ten list for the for the so far this year, and that was because of a movie that came out this past weekend, and that was it. And I can guarantee you right now, probably half of these at least will not be on my list at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. At least I hope not. I hope we get better movies. Yeah, likewise. Um, you know, I've got I've only got five movies on my absolute crap list. Okay, but well, you've got. Do more you want to start that. with the uglies or no? Uh, yeah, I get about twelve on mine. But do you, want uh, to you go? With... You go first, sir. We'll, we'll, we'll trade off. I'll, I'll try. Okay, so I'll start with the uglies. Yeah, sure. All right, least favorites from ten or or start with the top. Uh, whatever, because okay. I don't have mine numbered at all. Okay, so however yeah. you want to do it. Mine really isn't numbered, but yeah, I, I don't think there'll be a worse film this year than The Roommate. I hope not. Um, also in the running, uh, Sucker Punch, the uh, Zack Snyder film, which we'll talk about in just a sec. But yeah, yeah. So no, no, let's, let's talk about oh, it. Let's now. talk about let's Sucker get Punch. It over with. Okay, you saw it. I finally did see it. Yeah, and it was it was hard because uh, the friend of mine, I'll just say it's Cody, my my buddy Cody. He loves this film, and he loaned me his personal DVD copy of it, and. Um, I just from you know from the first scene this movie lost me. And here's the thing: I mean, we could talk about how. Now, did you, know, you watch the director's cut or the theatrical cut? I believe it was theatrical cut. Okay, so so forgive me if I'm missing some. No, 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 some no. I've here. heard that the, the director's cut's better, but I'm that just haven't been willing right, to well, give it a shot. Like this movie, just it, I mean, bottom line, I never felt anything for anybody or anything on the screen the opening scene was like the the guns and roses november rain video it's just this you know it's a series of imagery like it's literally a music video there's there's no dialogue and it's this all this bad stuff that happens to this young girl and the whole thing it just it felt so overly staged it felt so mtv 
it, it just it it was just so silly and overproduced to me. And the whole thing was like that. I just I never connected any, with anybody. Whoever thought that that Carla Gugino, who was really a good actress, needed a Polish accent for the whole movie, that was a bad decision. <laughs> a bad Polish accent. I mean, we're talking Teddy KGB bad. Yes. The uh, the main villain, I believe, the actor is either Oscar Isaac or Isaac Oscar. I think it's Oscar Isaac. Um, he played um, Prince John in the Ridley Scott Robin Hood, which I love very much. His performance in Sucker Punch was so bad. So embarrassingly bad. Um, Emily Browning, who is a lovely young woman, beautiful. Um, no, that's not a good performance. She just mopes, and I mean, it's just, I, I never connected with her or any of the girls who, who all felt like, you know, everybody says oh, this movie is kind of like, you know, Zack Snyder's boy fantasy or, you know, his, his like, you know, his 13 year old fantasy. To me, this movie was made to sell t shirts at Hot Topic. That's the kind of film this is. Ah! It's just so. So contrived, so stupid, so like it, it was just such a stink bomb. And the ending, I mean, like like you and I called it months ago that uh-huh. they were going to steal from Brazil, but the ending keeps going after the after the big reveal, and it just you know I guess they were trying to soften the ending somehow with the whole John Ham thing, but no, I, and, and the happy ending. Seriously, it tried to give Brazil a happy ending. It well, really not did. only not only a happy ending, but like then you've got the music number over the end credits, which apparently was supposed was originally a scene in the movie, and they decided just to add it to the end credits because the studio was wasn't happy with the musical numbers. Man, awful, 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 awful. I think I left as soon as the credits started. I sat through the entire credits because just in case you know, there's a little little treat at the very end. But yeah, there the during the end credits, there's a musical number and it's sung by the main doctor and it's sung by Carla Gugino with her Polish accent. It's dreadful, 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 dreadful. This movie is so bad. And and like I was telling you before the show, there was a recent article. I think it was the New York Post, um, where a critic actually went to bat for this movie and said this is one of the most misunderstood films of the year. This is actually a film about female empowerment. And here's the thing, Dave, like, whether it's female empowerment or not, it's still bad. It's still bad. I don't care if this, you know, like, look, everybody has a different idea what female empowerment is. And no question, if women feel empowered by, you know, dressing up in little Catholic school uniforms and and holding Uzis and shooting an undead Nazi, you know, and blowing up dragons, whatever. I mean, if that is, you know, someone's idea of female empowerment, great, good. You know, just like. It's actually because Scott Glenn was in it. That's why it was female empowerment. (laughs) Well, it's like, you know, and, and not to get on this track too much, but like. You know, when 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 the women's liberation movement happened, you know, like some people were going, you know, you know, women burning their bras in Times Square—that's not really female empowerment. Other people were saying, like, yeah, that is female empowerment. So obviously, there, there's no like clear definition of what that is. And, and you know, being a 34-year-old male, what the heck do I know about female yeah. empowerment? But all I'm saying is like, you know, whether this movie is pro-women or really, if it is the most misogynist movie in the world, which I kind of lean towards that argument more, it's still garbage. I think mm-hmm. this movie is such garbage. And and you know, I got to give Snyder some credit. Like, you know, I, I pick on watch a lot because it's not the movie I wanted and you know I don't like to go in that direction because I don't like that whole fanboy rhetoric like it's not the comic book and I, I do want filmmakers to make their own movies but I just didn't like Watchmen but I got to give that movie some credit because there is great stuff in Watchmen mm-hmm. but I mean to me this is like this is kind of like when Tim Burton cashed in his Batman chips and made Mars Attacks and he made like the most self-indulgent movie ever but I like Mars but Attacks, I love Mars Attacks. Uh, yeah, yeah I think Mars Attacks is a good movie for me this movie is like like Zack Snyder's id just unloaded and it's and it's it's stupid. Yeah. It's just so stupid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, shall we move on, sir? Let's move on. That also, was on my list too. So, all right. Well, yeah. also pretty pretty clear to the top. Although a better movie than Sucker Punch would be the third Transformers movie. And you know we, we've talked about yeah, yeah the, the it's ending. It's not on my list. The ending is so eventful that yeah, it, it, you almost do want to let the movie it's kind of off the hook. Um, I can't because the first ninety minutes of this movie are come so on. Ken wretched. Jeong was amazing in that. movie. 
Ken Jong is becoming the Getty Watanabe of his generation. Just again, what Getty Watanabe who played Long Duck Dong in Sixteen Candles, and also he was the guy in in Gremlins Two. Go, you need a camera. I am a camera. Ken Jong is in, that uh, guy. In, in, uh, he was in UHF too. Yes, he was in UHF. He was in Vamp. He just like he was like the go-to guy for like ugly Japanese stereotypes. And Ken Jong is becoming that. So congratulations, Ken Jong, for passing the torch. Um, I I hated him in the movie. John, John Malkovich, Malkovich, Francis McDormand. Like these are you know these are capable actors. Even even Patrick Dempsey, who I thought had arguably the most interesting character in the movie. I mean, he had some embarrassing stuff towards the end of the movie. Like, I felt so. This is a good actor. Um, but why are we surprised? Because good actors tend to sink in these movies. And Rose Whittington, was it Rose Whitley? I I, the actress. The, 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 the actress. legs and butt. Thank you. Yeah, the, 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 the supermodel turned actress turned supermodel. She has a few scenes in this movie where like the world is exploding around her and she just has this dumbfounded look on her face with the camera just slowly pans around. I was just in hysterics. I just never um, thought she was that hot, but okay. Yeah. Terrible movie. I, yeah. You know, and, and, okay. you know and, I, and I know like, you know, well, it's, it's better than the second one. Well, it is. Anything is Big Mama's House Two is better than the second well, and, one. Like and, anything is better. And than the let second me one. be clear because it's not on my worst of the year list. It's not going on the best of. It's just it was good enough to keep it off the crap list. All right, all right. I, I didn't even think it was good enough, but 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 I Fair but enough. I but I do think Sucker Punch and Just Go with It and The Roommate were so much worse. Which okay. is which is saying a lot when when you could have movies that are worse than a Michael Bay Transformers. That's because you movie. haven't seen Red Riding Hood yet, sir. I have not seen Red Riding Hood yet. No, you, you no. need to because <laughs> it is the twilight of fairy tales. The twilight of fairy tales. Oh, it is so colossally bad. Gary Oldman. I felt so bad for Gary Oldman in this movie. Isn't it awful when you got these great actors doing these movies? Because, like, you know, you're talking about Gary Oldman. Like, when I watch Frances McDormand in Transformers, like, when she's having a scene, I think, with Optimus Prime, like, how the mighty have fallen. This is the star of Fargo, people. This is an Academy Award-winning actress. What is she doing in this movie? John Turturro, what is he wasting his time with these movies? Malkovich was the biggest waste, I thought. It was like, what? It was an embarrassing. He was doing Jake jabs or what? Yeah, it was an embarrassing, stupid role. And and he couldn't bring anything to it because there's nothing to bring to this. Yeah, yeah. But, but, oh, yeah, Red Riding Hood, Steph wanted to watch it, so, okay, we watched it. Well, I don't blame it. I wanted to see it, too. It looked interesting. Amanda safe. I was, well, the only thing that was interesting was how bad was it going to get, and it is on Twilight levels, easily. Ugh. That's so I sad. Think, actually, you know, I think I'd rather watch Twilight again. And this is another question on how the mighty fall on Catherine Hardwick. I mean, her first movie, 13, is great. Yeah. And then, you know, even, uh, and, and then what else has she done that was good? I mean, um, Titus? No, she didn't do Titus. She didn't? Okay. Um, no, no, that's uh, Julie Taymor. That's right. That's, um, right. that's okay. Um, but no, Hardwick, I mean, she, like her first few movies were very good and promising. And like after Twilight, it's like, why is she... Anyway. Paycheck. Amanda Seyfried. As, as Steph likes to call her, old fish eyes. Aww. <laughs> I think she's beautiful, but like she can act. I mean, even not in this movie, she can't. That's a shame because even in Jennifer's Body, she gave a great performance. Have you seen Jennifer's no. Body? She like acts circles around everybody in the movie, but of course, it's when, easy when, when Megan Fox is when your Megan Fox is the star. That yeah, all right, come on, all right, okay. Go, further going down my list, uh, uh, Ron Howard's The Dilemma came out in January. No question why. Even with Winona Ryder. And Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly, Connelly in the cast. Yeah, this is this is it's the worst movie that that Ron Howard's done. He's done some great comedies too, and this is not a return to form for him. Um, speaking of a bad return to form in terms of wanting to go back to comedy, Tom Hanks is Larry Crown. Um, we'll talk about when we talk about our summer movie picks, but like man, Larry Crown just such a bad film and so so awful. Because for years we've been going like, wouldn't it be great if Tom Hanks went back to doing comedies? Well, he did, and I wish he didn't. Not the right kind of comedy. Yeah. No, no. Um, let's see. In the rest. Um, Gosh, the rest of my list, it's like, it's stinkers, but like, you know. 
The it's only, like the only two, there's only one that was oppressively bad on my list, and that was Paul. Okay, and I, I'm going to I need I need to make a little clarification here. I have softened my stance somewhat on Paul. Um, not saying it's a good movie. I'm going to say I'm going to go fully on board with Ethan that it's just so wrong-headed, it's so poorly executed, it's just such an awful movie in general. I happen to pick out the one part that really hit me personally. But the rest of the movie is just as bad as how, the, how it treats religion. It, there's no good part to this movie at all whatsoever, except for like the first five minutes when they're running around Comic-Con. Outside of that, god-awful movie. So yeah, that's the only other movie that's on my really, really, really bad crap list. Uh, the mechanic was bad, but I don't know if it'll stay on my top worst of the year list or not. Okay. Um, yeah, pedantic, bad, awful, worst Jason Statham movie outside of like the side of like In the Name of the King. Okay, wow. Wow, yeah. the name, you went to Uva Bowl, man. Wow. I did. Man. I did. Well, let's see. The rest of my... I mean, it's a lot of movies that came out in the last couple of months. And Mr. Popper's Penguins, which was uh, not Jim Carrey's worst movie. I mean, I, I think he's done worse films, but it's just, again, How the Mighty Have Fallen. And mm-hmm. it's it's almost two hours of poop jokes. And, you know, it, it's idiotic in terms of his plot. But, I mean, when I think of the movie, all I can think of is Jim Carrey holding each of the penguins over the toilet so they can poop in the toilet. I mean, that's one of the highlights of this film. That's the kind of movie we're talking. The best thing about the movie, it's not in 3D. Um, Green Lantern, which I know you liked a lot more than I did. And no question, it's a lively movie. It's not a boring movie. It's entertaining for as far as that goes. But I just, I, I thought... It's still a failed stupid, opportunity. It's just stupid. It's stupid movie. Just a childish movie. And not, you know, and like these comic book movies don't need to be childish. They can be really great mythological updates, you know. Ah, oh, crap. That's okay. And that's Steph's phone. Yeah, so my, sorry about that, folks. Um, yeah, Green Lantern, it was definitely a missed opportunity to be, yeah. Very my, much. My, my, the bummer is that they've set it up that if they did a second movie, it would, I think it would be amazing, but who knows if it's going to get to that point. I'm kind of doubtful. Well, yeah. I mean, there there's been word that there's going to be a sequel, but I, I just, I can't see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you lose that much money and, and the audience is not that happy the first time, I mean, I could see a reboot. I, mean, I hate to say it this early, but I, I could see them doing that, but a sequel, no. Okay, fair enough. All right, anything else or we need to move on? Cause... Uh, well, you know, the rest of it is just like Pirates 4, Mars Needs yeah. Moms, you know, stuff, Cards 2, just stuff that, that's, it's not bad per se, but it's just disappointing disappointing, and, and just really uninspired. Fair enough. Okay, should we get to the good stuff? Good stuff. We'll you keep it at 10 off. movies each. Um, I'll, I'll just go down the line. I'm, I will, we'll just say Tree of Life for both of us because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've heard, we, we went ad nauseum on that one pretty well. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> Oh, for me, let's see. What's one that I'm going to put on the list that maybe you weren't? My, my The last one that put me over the top was Winnie the Pooh. I'll say it. It, it was that good. I mean, it, it's... I didn't... I wasn't going to make a top 10 list unless there were 10 movies that were... Could theoretically be good enough. Um, you know, actually, I guess that's kind of full of it because there's one movie on here that I didn't know for a fact is not going to be here at the end of the year. But I have found 10 movies that I really enjoyed. Cool. So, let's hear it. Huzzah. Well, Winnie the Pooh, uh, Tree of Life... X-Men First Class, I know you weren't as big a fan of as I was, but I think it's the best X-Men movie to date. And Fassbender just made that movie for me. He's flipping amazing in He's it. He's terrific, yeah. Uh, 13 Assassins, the Mia K film. Uh, it's, you know, for Mia K, it's, it's bloody, but it's so restrained for a Mia K film. There was only one scene of really messed up stuff, and that was the one girl that he messed up. I'll just leave it at that. Sure. That when they take the robe off, and you're like, ah. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I think it was very well paced, and I think it was very... Very restrained, and I think it's his best film yet, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's see. Soul Surfer was a fun movie. This is the movie I don't expect to be on at, on the list at the end of the year. But it's a solid film. Um, 
we talked about that. A lot of these we've already talked about, so I'm just kind of kind of crank through the list. Okay. Uh, source code, you know, I saw on your recommendation, and my dad. My dad had seen it like two times by the time I saw it, wow. and so I went with him, and then he saw it again after we went, and I'm wow. like, okay, That's great. And, it's a fine film. It's yeah. it's a it's a good cerebral film. It's it's very well done. You know, it doesn't pull the vantage point thing where it's the same thing over and over and over again. They take yeah. the same you know eight minutes and really give you different perspectives and do a gr- an incredible job with it. Attack the Block, so much fun. Yeah. So of such a outstanding film. I know it's playing at Comic Con this year. If you're going, try to catch Check it if it you can. Uh, I know they're doing a tiered release at the end of this month and into August. So when it comes out, you should totally see it. Insidious. I loved so much fun. Tree of Life we've talked about. The Man from Nowhere, um, I think it actually came out last year, but I saw it this year, dang it, and it's a fine film. And then um, the, uh, the I Saw the Devil, which was also we've talked about ad nauseum, so that's, there's my 10 right there. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go through mine too. Yeah, Tree of Life stands out so tall from everything else. It really is Tree of Life and everything else. I think so, and it's probably going to be like that for the rest of the year, though you never know. This fall looks fairly promising. Um, Peter Weir's The Way Back with uh, Jim Sturgis, who I normally don't like. Loved him in this film. And Ed Harris and Colin Farrell, um, terrific film. Loved it. Most theaters got that back in December, but all the same, it, it's squeaking onto my list because it, it came out here in January. Conan O'Brien Can't Stop. Um, if you're I still a, can't if wait you're, to see that. If you're a big Conan O'Brien fan like like I am, you're going to love this film. It's a, it's a total, total gift from Team Coco. I love this film. Um, two movies from Fox Searchlight that I just adored, uh, one of which is Win Win, the Paul Giamatti wrestling comedy. I love this film. Um, it's got one of my favorite endings of the year because it's it's a happy ending, but it's not a happy ending. It's wonderful. Um, Cedar Rapids, uh, I think one of the funniest films of the year. Um, Ed Helms, you know, he doesn't have a lot of range in a lot of the roles that he's picked, but I, I think he's very good in this film, as is Anne Heche and Isaiah Whitlock. Um, Kevin Smith's Red State. I, you know, not a perfect film. It's got some problems, but it also, I think it's one of the most powerful horror films I've seen in a while, and I've not been able to stop thinking about it. I love the performances. I really admire this film a lot, and for, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more when Ethan's on. He just saw it recently. Um, you know, this is not going to be on anybody's list, and I'm sure it's going to sneak off of my list, but I got to say, I my favorite comic book movie of the year is still The Green Hornet, and that has a lot to do with the what what, what uh, Michelle Gondry put into the film, um, which I thought, you know, gave the film character. It's not one of the essential Gondry films, no. but I liked I liked that it was offbeat. I liked that it was different. I liked oh. that it was a hero who was not always sympathetic. I liked that it... Uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed The Green Hornet. I like the 3D in it. I really enjoyed this movie. Insidious, James Wan's Insidious, which we've talked about, um, one of the scariest movies I've seen in a long time. And as Dave mentioned, Soul Surfer, a film that, you know, yeah, it's small, it's little, but I thought so charming, so well done, and with a winning performance by Anna Sophia Robin, the lead. And then, of course, uh, Attack the Block, which is so much fun. I would say the the Tremors of the year. Definitely see it if you like a good <laughs> That's monster That's a good movie. way to look at that one. Yeah, for me, it's a lot like Tremors. It's very funny, but it's, uh, it's not a comedy. It is a horror film. Yeah, it's, it's definitely darker than Tremors. Tremors I think was more of a comedy. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's about right. But um, yeah, it's a good social social commentary as well as just a really, really solid monster movie. Yeah, I'm, you know, I think for my top ten list, I think outside of you know one film, maybe two. You know, I think I wasn't you know trying to scrape to find a movie that was good, which is a good sign. But there's still been it's been an underwhelming year. No, it really has. It really has. And it just really quickly to go over my summer list, it just like for me is like top of the list is Tree of Life. But, you know, like that stands above like every other. It's not summer. your typical summer movie. Yeah, it's really you almost don't want to call it a summer movie because even though it is, you know, getting released in the midst of the blockbusters, it really wasn't one of these movies where you see billboards and billboards for um, in terms of the top of the list. I would put Bridesmaids, which surprises me as much as anybody. Um, but I really thought Bridesmaids was hilarious. Um, not one of his not his best film or even one of his top 10 best films. But I thought Woody Allen's Midnight in Paris was pretty good. 
And then movies that um, I thought were very good. For me, they fell short of great, but they're very good movies. Uh, for one, J.J. Uh, Abrams' Super 8, which uh, I've got a lot of problems with the ending of that film. I think the ending is a, is a near disaster, but there's so much about the film I really did love. And we, as you mentioned, X-Men, The First Class. Um, Fassbender's great. Uh, the James Bond feel of it is great. I mean, it, it is, it's a very good film. I have problems with the film, but it's a very good movie. The rest is just Disappointments, Hangover 2, Pirates 4, Cars 2, Thor. And then you get down to the, the evil triumvirate, which is Green Lantern, Larry Crown, and, and Transformers 3. Um, and as I told you earlier, Dave, I'm just, I'm hoping Cowboys and Indians could save this Aliens. Summer. Aliens, thank you. Cowboys and Aliens, I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping it's going to be amazing, but who knows? Fair enough, fair enough. So, yeah, I'm not pronouncing it the worst year ever, but it's not been off to a great start. However, you know, when, when it's been good... Man, you know, uh, this might be the, this is the year of tree of life as far as I'm concerned right now. But yeah, yeah, it's too early to call it the worst year ever. You know, and they do tend to save the great stuff for you know November and December. Yeah, so there's a, there's a chance. There's a chance. At least we're not saying that Sucker Punch is the best movie yet so far. So, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> it they're hasn't gotten that, that bad. Yeah. Because I, well, I remember, like, what was it? I think on Jon Stewart's The Daily Show, I remember one year he was making a joke about, like, what the best films of of, uh, of, of a year were. And it was, like, January. And he's like, well, it's early, but I'm going to say Snow Dogs, best film of the year. <laughs> nice. So, like, yeah, I don't think we're, we've gotten to that point yet. No, not at all. Not at all. All right. Well, shall we move on to what is coming out in theaters this weekend? The much hyped. And you know what? Let's hope this is a good comic book movie. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. This, is, mm-hmm. of course, uh, stars Chris Evans from uh, Joe Johnson, director of The Rocketeer and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, two of my favorite summer movies. So I'm hoping this is going to be good. Great cast. But I mean, was this the fourth or fifth or the sixth superhero comic book movie of the year? I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. It's up there. So I yeah. I think there's some audience fatigue, but let's hope it's good. Um, no Strings Attached 2, Friends with Benefits. Uh, this time, it's uh, oh. Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis standing you in for... You went there, sir. It looks like the same freaking it movie. Does. And No Strings Attached wasn't good. Even though it was Ivan Reitman, it was a lousy film. Yeah, I won't be watching it. No. Can't say I want to see it. Limited release, uh, the, uh, not only critically acclaimed at the Sundance Film Festival, but also the recent winner of the Best Picture Award at the Mallet Film Festival, Another Earth, which is supposed to be a really interesting speculative science fiction film, and A Little Help, a character comedy starring Jenna Fisher of The Office. Okay. That's basically it. All right, and what is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD home video next week, sir? On home video. I love that phrase. Source Code, the aforementioned Duncan Jones film with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michelle Monaghan. Very good film, I thought. I, saw, I think it's Amazon. I don't think we put it on the on the list, but Amazon's selling a two-pack of that and Knowing for some reason. Hmm. I don't think it quite works. I'm someone who liked Knowing, but I understand how that double feature would really make people upset. Yeah. And confused. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. Okay. No, that is very peculiar. Um, Trust, the David Schwimmer-directed film about a sexual predator starring Clive Owen. I've heard very good things about this tough-looking movie. but So so he's going a different direction from Run, Fat Boy, Run. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it has gotten some good reviews, although uh, most people say it's a really – it's a – Hard one to watch. Okay. Really ugly subject matter. Uh, let's see. Dylan Dog, Dead of Night, the non-Superman film for the wonderful Brandon Ralph. Um, what was it? It was the current issue of Film Comment that I brought here that has the beautiful picture of Tree of Life on the cover. They talk about how the film is – it's kind of a movie you watch, and you see it's it's a miss, but there's great stuff in it. Apparently, okay. Peter Stormare plays a, a werewolf mobster. Okay. So there I'm, you go. I'm interested. I'll see it at some point. <laughs> Yeah, it looked it looked very unusual, you know, in yeah. terms of just a just an outright horror comedy. So 
Yeah, we'll see. Give it a shot. Let's see. Ironclad, the uh, James Purfoy, Paul Giamatti, sword and swashbuckler movie. Um, this is the one I just remember Paul Giamatti being on Conan and he's got this crazed, intense, screaming face while he's wearing this crown. Um, not okay. going to be in his Oscar reel, but that's okay. Uh, Life During Wartime, finally getting released on Criterion. This this thing came out quite a while ago. This is the Todd Salon's film, uh, the sequel to Happiness. And it has everybody from John – no, not John Lovitz. I'm sorry. It's it's Paul Rubin standing in for John Lovitz. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to stop there because I can't remember anybody else in this movie. But Paul Rubin's is in this film. Um, I've heard very mixed things about it. But, so uh, Pee-wee made it to Criterion. Pee-wee did. Hey, right on Pee-wee. But uh, no, I know um, I know Ethan loved this movie. My brother Marty was kind of on the fence about it, but and but it it did it divided critics, but some people put it on their best and worst list. So we'll see. Okay, let's see. Supernatural, the anime series. Yes, this is essentially for some reason a Japanese company decided to make an anime of Supernatural that for a lot of it rehashes the first season in half hour episodes, and the dub is very interesting because they actually got Jared Padalecki, the guy who does the voice, who's yeah. Sam, yeah. to be in it. But Jensen Ackles isn't the voice of Dean until like the last two or three episodes, hmm. which is kind of odd. But yeah, I've heard interesting things. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Um, Criterion, you got a Kairaku Rosawa's High and Low, one of the great, one of his greatest, and definitely one of his most unusual and uh, offbeat thrillers. Movie. Yeah, it's a wonderful I, I, film. And it's, hey, it's coming out during the sale. <laughs> wonderful. So, Barely, but it's coming out during the sale. So, so 20 of, bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent deal. Let's see. Justice League Season 2. Yes, the animated series. It's finally the first season came out on Blu-ray like a couple of years ago or something, and they're finally coming out with the second season. Wonderful. And then yep. one that you just threw out to me a second ago, the Burn Notice movie. Tell us about this. Yeah, the Fall of Sam X. It's a Bruce Campbell movie. People, that's all you need to know. <laughs> um, if you watch Burn Notice, though, it is the, his character Sam X as his in his final days as a Navy SEAL. What got him out of the military? And it's just a fun movie. It's it's. Campbell's doing great work in it. It's it's definitely well worth watching. Excellent. Uh, yeah. that, that's, that's exciting. I didn't know what that was, so you told me. Let's see. On Blu-ray, two films, two of the best films from John Landis, Blues Brothers and Animal House, although my favorite of his is still coming to America, but I love those I thought you were going to say Blues Brothers 2000. No, I saw that in the theater, and I, so did I. wish I hadn't. The car crash was the one part that was worth watching. It was I like the 250 car crash. cars crashing. You know, I love the musical numbers. I really did. They just belonged in a much funnier, much better yeah. movie. And, you know, doing a Blues Brothers movie without, without Belushi, that's just that's a mistake right there. Yeah. Let's see. Also, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's Soldier, uh, which I believe is the highest paycheck that Kurt Russell ever got for a movie. He got $15 million for that because it was right after Breakdown. And I think I think he got paid a million dollars per word that he actually utters in the movie. Do you remember? Like, There's almost no dialogue in this I haven't seen part. the movie. All I know is I've, seen it? I know Harry Knowles takes a baseball bat to this movie because he's read the original script. And I was like, this should have been an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. And instead, we got something by Paul What Script Anderson. Paul, you know, he can direct, but it, it just it hasn't worked out for him. It's for why the last I don't want to see Three Musketeers. Ten years. No, I don't want to see that either. No. Let's see. Also on Blu-ray, uh, two other winners: uh, Dante's Peak, the other volcano movie that came out within a few months of each other. Remember, it was Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, Volcano was and so bad. Remember that? Yeah, it looked like they were falling into like a, a vat of, of glowing cheese dip. So bad that that was with Tommy Lee Jones. And then Dante's Peak, which I've actually never seen to be honest, which is uh, with Pierce Brosnan, but it was also something. Neither have I. But Volcano turned me out to Volcano movies so bad. I was <laughs> not so interested. Stupid. Not it's interested. A bad movie. And then finally, uh, the other. Speaking of other movies, the other Mars movie, Red Planet, with Val Kilmer. Because remember, it was Mission to Mars and then Red Planet. Wow. And I thought Red Planet was actually a little bit better. I don't think I saw either one. Red Planet, it's a it's a junky B-movie, and it's disappointing because they get to Mars and there's no aliens. Sorry, spoiler, but there's no aliens in Red Planet. It's just like... It's because little, his name isn't John Carter. 
Exactly. And you know what? The other Mars movie that came out the year after, I thought John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars, the best of the Mars movies, because it was a junkie B movie, but at least it knew what it was. But like Mission to Mars, I think Brian De Palma wanted to make like 2001. There's some good set pieces in the movie, but it's a stinker of a film. Fair enough. Red Planet's nothing special. That's it. All right. Well, wow, we're cranking through this episode pretty well. Uh, we do have an email to read from Superfan Mark Smith over Superfan at Mark Smith, uh, who has recently, as of a little bit after Starfest, has uh, one of the main contributors over at TwistedGeeks.com. Wonderful. So go check his stuff out. Yes, uh, he's got a really writer. interesting review of Tree of Life as well, as well as some other films. Because you know, it's not like we love Tree of Life or anything Tree of Life. Because Tree of Life is a Tree of Life in kind of Tree of Life <laughs> movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I don't think there's. I think we need to hear different views and different takes on it, and different even different uh just just uh points of view on this film because it's going to divide people people see different things this movie's a rorschach test you know mm-hmm. people are going to bring different things to it it is okay so i'm I, the, now i'm reading an email here um <laughs> hey guys this is super fan mark and after listening to your newest episode i have some things i want to say first of all i loved your discussion of the tree of life my only issue is that i wish you would have talked about it more Talked more about it. Okay. Um, I'm not a. Po- I'm not positive, but I'm sure you guys spent more time discussing Michael Bay's new cinematic abortion <laughs> than you did on Malick's newest masterpiece. I think you're right. Anyways, I also loved your discussion on the Criterion films, and my favorite Criterions in terms of films and extras include Hoop Dreams, mm-hmm. Videodrome, an amazing Blu-ray, Brazil Repulsion, and my all-time favorite Criterion release is The Thin Red Line. Mm. Those off yeah. the top. Those are off the top of my head, as I'm sure I'm forgetting some. As for ones I want Criterion to release. The movie I can't believe they haven't got a hold of yet is the original Rollerball, which I know I talked to Barry about at yeah, Starfest. Yeah. The remake shouldn't taint its legacy, but I'm sure, it, I'm sure it has. But this film is, was so far ahead of its time, and the DVD release was terrible. Other films that come to mind is Zodiac, which is Fincher's masterpiece, and the Blu-ray is out of print, so it would be great. And I have to agree. The, the, the Blu-ray of the director's cut is amazing, and the DVD is too. Um, Slapshot was also ahead of its time and deserves a better release. One of my favorite Albert Brooks films is Mother, and that would be a, that would be a great one. And I know Barry said that the Hudsucker proxy, but I would settle for any Cohen release at this point. Hmm. I love my Criterions, but they lose a little respect for me having carried two Michael Bay films and every Wes Anderson film, but zero <laughs> Cohen Brothers films. If Michael Bay has to have a Criterion release, it should be Bad Boys 2 which is number one on my Netflix queue. It's coming in next, next oh, time I do no, a DVD. Dave, yeah. don't yeah. do it. No, I am. Uh, <laughs> that was the height of his career and a masterpiece of modern blockbuster filmmaking. No. Sorry, Dave, I like The Rock, but it isn't even in the Bad Boys 2 League. If you really want to be nice... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, we've already mentioned Twisted Geeks, yes. And, uh, yeah, he, he's on a few podcasts here and there, so he's, he's getting into the potosphere. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, so check him out. Thanks a lot, Mark. It's <laughs> good to hear from you, yeah. Mark's the man. No, I'll, let me comment on a few things about that. First of all, yeah, and, and don't worry, Mark. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about the Tree of Life before the year is out. Um, we had just... I think just because we just seen Transformers, so it was like... You know, it's kind of like when you just see a car accident, you know, you feel the need to report on what you've just witnessed, and, you know, it was that kind of thing. But no, Tree of Life, I, I think, the more we reflect on it, are you going to see it again? I'm going to see it at least one more time this summer. You think you'll see it again? If I or? can. I'm planning on seeing it at least one more time. I mean, it's it. probably, is that a theater yet, or is nope, it still? it's still playing. It's it, still, yeah, it? it's, still, it's still doing really well. Um, Thin Red Line, I want to comment on the criterion. I did not mention this before, and I wish I had, and, I, and you reminded me of this, Mark, the, uh, the deleted scenes 
on that on the Criterion or really something else. Are they? There's okay. a, I haven't dug through it yet. There's a scene with George Clooney and uh, Adrian Brody, and I remember like seeing pictures of the scene when it was shot. But it's like it, it really ties up the whole subplot about not Adrian Brody. I'm sorry. It's uh, George Clooney and Ben Chaplin. The whole subplot okay. about how Jen. Ben Chaplin is fantasizing about his wife during the war. Then he finds out that she's wanting to leave him. And there's a scene that's a really long and great scene between uh, Clooney and Ben Chaplin that ties up that subplot. You see the scene with um, with Mickey Rourke that was not in the film. Um, you see a little bit more of Adrian Brody. I mean, the, the deleted scenes are great. They really give okay. you an idea of what the, right what the lo- much longer film must have been like. So that was really exciting. And yeah, no, thank you so much for that. Uh, that was real food for thought. Um Mother, interesting choice. I've seen Mother once, and I liked Mother. Mother's a good film with Debbie Reynolds and Albert Brooks, because I know Ethan mentioned uh, Defending Your Life, which I love. But uh, Mother Mother was good, too, and having a mother who can be a little overwhelming at times, uh, I've really related to that film. So Fair enough. Good choice. Fair enough. Right on. And if you want to shoot us an email, by all means, do. We'd love to hear from you. Read it on the air and everything. Discuss it. You can email us at podcast, Barry, Dave, or Ethan, all at ScreenGeeks.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 719 695 0706. Hey, look, it's two weeks and the phone number hasn't changed yet. Woohoo! Yeah, no, I've got this number like forever now. So there will, we, we are done. We've gotten off the carousel of rotating and revolving phone voice. If any numbers. of you want to give us like drunken prank calls too, well, we'll take that too. I'm tempted. Because Dave cause, and I, you've listened to the show. We've got we've got awful senses of humor. We'll laugh at anything. Yeah, so just, about, know, just about. Just <laughs> about. If you want to leave us like the worst, like, like drunken 3 a.m. phone call, we'll. I don't know if we'll play it on the air, but we will listen to it. So. Well, I'm I'm tempted. I haven't decided yet because I haven't come up with a prize, but I've been tempted. Right now, if you call, it's like, you've reached Screen Geeks, and that's like it. You know, leave a message. I'm tempted to run a voicemail contest. Like, who gives us the best, best, uh. best message? Um, yeah, I'm not sure what we can do yet, but I'll, I'll figure something out. Maybe, 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 I'll, maybe I'll get a, a Blu-ray that I can send to someone or something. And we got content coming up on the website. We've been been a little slow right now. Yeah. But we do have some content coming up. Dave is writing. You're writing your article on, on, on Netflix. Netflix going time. a little bit more in depth. Yeah, good stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's it's good times. We have fun. We're, we should be back on track. Life is a bit easier now that I'm not running around other parts of the, of the country and stuff and what have you. So, well, the the reason episodes are up on Facebook. Just for those of you who've never yeah. listened to this before, the reason episodes are on up on Facebook, but uh, they will be on the site. They should be on the site this week. Yes, cool. yes. So, um, until next week, I'm not sure how we're doing it next week, but we'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, until then, this is Dave. This is Bear. <laughs> Take it easy. Bye.